Welcome to the Wrestling Stable Show, where you don't join, you're chosen. Today is Monday, June 22nd, 2020. We start off with today's show with reviewing this weekend's episode of Major League Wrestling that saw the anthology series continue, this time with MLW's first dominant faction, the Extreme Horsemen. Yesterday, C.W. Anderson, one of the founding members of the Extreme Horsemen, gave a very touching retirement speech. He said that he lost loved ones and wives just to play wrestler, and at 49 and a half years old, he can't do it anymore. It's time for the second half of his life. He said that Steve Carino has been his best friend and brother for 27 years. We see that man, Steve Carino, kick off the action in this episode in a triple threat match versus the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, and the hardcore legend Terry Funk at the War Memorial Arena in Fort Lauderdale, Florida on December 2002. Joey Styles was on commentary. Before this match, Steve Carino had a feud with Dusty Rhodes in ECW. This really put him on the map. They even had a bull rope match at ECW Living Dangerously 2000. This match was another extreme match, but this time it was a three-way bunkhouse brawl match with anything goes rules. Carino was around 30 years old at the time, while Funk and Dusty had over 50 years combined in-ring experience. In this match, we saw trash cans and a shovel used as weapons. Terry Funk got his britches pulled down and had his forehead busted open. Carino was also busted open. Simon Diamond and C.W. Anderson came into this match from out of nowhere and attacked Dusty Rhodes. Carino joined them in the attack. Terry Funk was able to chase three away. Dusty was laid out on the floor outside the ring. Funk was calling for help. And Carino, Diamond, and Anderson stood tall in the ring. Funk as we know, is insane. As soon as Dusty was helped from ringside, Funk brought the fight to all three men. But the numbers game was too much. Carino was then able to pin Funk, with assistance, of course, for the one, two, three. In MLW, Anderson and Diamond became tag team champions. Carino went on to become MLW world champion. The main event, is the War Games match between the Extreme Horseman team consisting of Steve Carino, C.W. Anderson, Simon Diamond, P.J. Walker, formerly known as Just Incredible, who said he was not going to return to that moniker until he was back on a winning streak, and Four Horsemen Hall of Fame member Barry Windham, a man who had plenty of experience in the original War Games match. They took on the Funkin' Army. This team consisted of Terry Funk, the Sandman, Dr. Death Steve Williams, and they had to find a way to replace Jerry the King Lawler, who was pulled from the card from, as they called it, the Evil Empire, WWE. Uh, so in his absence, we saw Sabu. And in a rare match appearance, especially in something so hardcore, his manager... Bill Alfonso, the referee, former referee, who always called it right down the middle. 
This match also happens in Fort Lauderdale at the War Memorial, this time in September 2003. This match had two rings and a steel cage around the perimeter of the ring. It wasn't this night, but I did get to see a War Games match put on in this very arena a few years ago. It was so incredible and sadly has been the only War Games match I have seen in person, but it completely delivered and I can't wait to see another one. I will not give the results of this match as you really need to go to MLW's YouTube channel and see it for yourself but it's definitely worth your time. And like I said, it's the main event of this past weekend's MLW show. Speaking of seeing it for yourself, on the last episode of The Last Ride, episode five of The Undertaker documentary, which aired this weekend, the main takeaway was that The Undertaker said he is retiring. And that would make his last match being the Boneyard match against the phenomenal A.J. Styles. One of my favorite lines from a build-up to a match is when Triple H said going into one of his matches against The Undertaker at WrestleMania that the only thing The Undertaker has left is the streak. And when it dies, The Undertaker dies. Of course, at WrestleMania 30, Brock Lesnar conquered The Undertaker's undefeated WrestleMania streak. I was fortunate enough to be in the Mercedes Superdome, not Silverdome, that night, and I have never seen the air sucked out of an arena like when the referee's hand hit three on the mat and Brock Lesnar beat The Undertaker. Uh, we got the world-famous super-shocked Undertaker guy. I believe uh, the Brock Lesnar guy was there who was also shocked. Um, you know, and it's just unfortunate because I think The Undertaker got a concussion in like the first minute of action. So he did not want to go out that way, um, not just with a not quality match, but also not remembering any of it at all. Um, so, of course, he came back and had some matches along the way, but they are really tough to watch. We remember the Goldberg match. We remember the tag team match with the Brothers of Destruction in Saudi Arabia uh, against the Generation X. Shawn Michaels, uh, I mean, they had an amazing WrestleMania match, amazing send-off. And Shawn Michaels always talked about never coming back after that match because of respect for The Undertaker. But he came back, and he shouldn't have come back. Um, you know, and now Undertaker was really battling with, does he stay retired or does he go out, um, you know, one more time and, and keep wrestling? So it's, it's never really uh, uh, easy to figure out what the exact moment is that you should walk away from a business that you love, especially being at the very top for 30 years. Um, but, you know, no one wants to see Undertaker keep coming out um, and have kind of the stinker of a matches that, you know, are really tough against Goldberg. I think he said he was about two inches away with that kind of botched spear uh, from, you know, being paralyzed or taken out completely. Uh, so it's one thing for any legend to determine when to hang up the boots, but especially uh, for the one of them who's one of the greatest of all time. So after losing to Roman Reigns, Taker left his gear in the center of the ring uh, but he still came back. You know, we thought that was a nice way, either going out after uh, losing to Lesnar or going out after losing to Reigns in Orlando. But, um, you know, he, he, he took off his gear. And we thought he was done there. But uh, still came back, came back, came back. So we'll see after this Boneyard cinematic match at this year's WrestleMania if The Undertaker will finally hang up his legendary boots. We heard the behind-the-scenes story of how he got The Undertaker versus Styles. And I didn't know that... 
The Undertaker and Michelle were very good friends with some of Styles' friends. And uh, I think they've hung out and gone on different vacations for about 10 years. So uh, they already had that relationship, that connection. And AJ heard on the Broken Skulls podcast with Stone Cold Steve Austin that Taker wanted to go out on his own terms. So AJ called him up and asked if he could be one of Taker's last matches. So he didn't really expect to be the very last match or the actual retirement match, but he believed that he should at least be one of those matches. And Undertaker had a lot of respect for him. Uh, They talked about how him and Undertaker and Vince ribbed him a little bit about how uh, Taker wanted to put over some rookie from Tennessee instead and that he was going to wrestle, but just not against style. So really cool on this last episode to hear some of the backstory that, that built up to it. So, you know, he said, you know, he's, he's, he's done. Undertaker's done. And um, which would not be a a terrible way uh, to go out um, because it was a great match. Uh, He had an amazing opponent. Uh, you know, the good brothers were involved. We had a, a tr- traditional Undertaker things, bring it all together. Like Undertaker said, he had all three personalities. He had the Undertaker. Uh, he had, you know, the American Badass. And he had Mark Calloway because he had to have a personal aspect of it based on how personal AJ Styles was in the buildup. You know, calling out his wife, calling him by Mark Calloway in the buildup. All these lines that no one had ever crossed before. And we saw these traditional Undertaker elements like a casket, a hearse, graveyard, druids, the Undertaker symbol, and plenty of explosions and special effects. Uh, AJ Styles is one of the best to ever do it, and that was his opponent. The Undertaker was victorious and literally, literally drove his motorcycle off into the sunset. Taker was very happy with how it came out and with the reaction from the WWE Universe. And I can't think of a better way for him to wrap up his career. And he said that he has no desire to step back into the ring. But he also said he would think about it if Vince asked him to have another match. He always views it as, in case of emergency, break glass, call Undertaker. So I guess only time will tell whether we will see the dead man enter the ring again or if that character can finally rest in peace. Thanks for checking out the Wrestling Stable Show. Where you don't join, you're chosen. See you tomorrow.